Thank you for listening to this podcast brought to you by Baylife Church Port Stevens. We hope you find this message challenges and inspires you in your daily Christian walk. For more information, visit www.baylifechurch.org.au. I just want, before I get into my preach, um, there's, there's lots of people struggling in lots of different areas, and I'd just really like to pray for a few this morning. You know, we did a, a funeral on Friday here for uh, Joan Gutteridge and, uh, um, and pray for their family this morning. Um, just heard, got news this morning that. Reese got taken to hospital, who uh, some of you would know, and uh, so we're praying for him and Sam and the boys. And uh, there's various people that we, we're aware of that are going through pretty tough times, you know. And uh, as a pastor, you, you have privilege of knowing that, but also you carry the weight of it as well, which uh, uh, you don't always enjoy that much, to be truthful. But uh, uh, and if you've got someone in your life, see, there's lots of cases we don't even know of. And if someone in your life, I'd just like as a church to pray for those people this morning. Um, just lift them up, whether it's a physical thing, an emotional thing, a health thing, a mental thing, a spiritual thing, a financial thing even, you know. And uh, um, so, so I just want to take that opportunity just before I get into the preach. So could we stand? Could we just stand? And, you know... Actually, if you're doing it tough, you just want to put your hand in there. If you want prayer this morning personally, just put your hand up just, and someone put their hand on your shoulder and pray for you. Just up the back there, guys. Someone just want to put a hand on the shoulder. Here, over here too. Up the back there. Someone grab, just go and put a hand on wherever hands are. Just get, people, just move. Just if you're not praying for someone specifically, just go and lay hands on them and uh, pray for them and we will let God move in that process, hey? Father, we, we lift up all those situations to you this morning, God. We declare your goodness and your mercy in every situation, God. We, we declare our love for you afresh this morning, God, that you work all things for the good of those that love you and call according to your purpose, God. And Father, we don't always understand life. We don't understand all the twists and turns. But God, we know that you are a good God. God, in every situation, Lord, we ask for your hand upon every situation, every, every person here that's lift their hand up, every situation we're aware of, God. We ask for your goodness and your mercy to be a part of that this morning, Lord. And Father, you will have your way. You will have your way in every circumstance, God. Father, we, we ask for your protection, your, your blessing, your favour, your love, your provision even in every circumstance, God. And we declare you are Lord of Lords, King of Kings. Nothing is impossible for you. We declare your goodness and your mercy in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Yeah, grab a seat. Thanks, guys. That's a, a somber way to start a message, but um, I also know that we as a church, we can get a little, we can just do the program sometimes, and uh, that concerns me from time to time where I just think, just on the program, guys. Come on, let, let's get real here. Let, let's be, let's, let's see our Christianity outworked, you know? And uh, um, anyway, as a thought. This morning I'm uh, starting a new series called Love Like Jesus. And uh, as you know, our, our aim, our vision for this year is that aim, that amplify, intensify, and magnify. I've got to make sure I get those right, otherwise I'm going to look silly. And... Um, and Amplify was really very much about that love, 
the love that we show of Jesus' love in our life to others around us, in our community, in our world, in our families, in our church. And, uh, and so we're, we're starting this, this series called Love Like Jesus. And I want to start with a bit of a testimony, I guess, in this. And, you know, I feel like I've had a blessed life, absolutely blessed life, you know, and, and got a great wife, four great kids, um, you know, we, got, we met in high school, so, you know, we, 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 we just hung out together and she wore those hot pants and got me and, uh, and uh, oh, sorry, I wasn't, that wasn't in my notes, I don't know where that came from. Um, but, uh, you know, we just felt, I felt like we were blessed. We went, trained as a teacher, went into the family business and uh, everything prospered, everything went amazing, you know, this, this business grew dramatically. Uh, and, and, and it was, was wonderful, and, and um, I thought I had all my life planned. I thought it had all, all worked out, and, and I could actually see the business we were in, how well it was growing, and, uh, you know, and then I had a friend who died of melanoma cancer, and it changed everything. It changed my perspective, it changed my thinking, it changed the way I approached life, and we got saved at the age of 33. Both of us did. Well, Robin did a little bit before me, and... And she got me in a headlock and sort of got me along to church. And, uh, but, you know, I then started getting frustrated with the business, you know. And, and, uh, and, and it was like all my plans in my life had, had been, I'd had organised. I was going to retire at 45. I knew exactly how I was going to do it. I knew what was going to happen. Our business was positioned for all that. And, and I started to feel like, oh, no, I need to put some of the business resources in the kingdom of God, in the church. And uh, my dad, who was also still in the business, didn't agree because he wasn't a Christian at that stage. And um, so it caused a bit of tension and, and uh, it was a battle all the time. So I felt like I was, you know, sort of got a bit lost in the process. Volunteered one day a week at the church office, started to do a business manager role there for them and uh, then decided to go to full-time Bible college, and that was a big step. And uh, still operating as a general manager, director in, in the company, and trying to do that in one day a week, and, and going to Bible college. We sold our family home that we'd built, and uh, moved in a little two-bedroom house. And uh, none of that really worried me, to be truthful. And, and, uh, uh, and at the end of the year, I thought, oh, well, I've done Bible college now, so I'll go back to the business. And went back to Dad and said, you know, I'd like the succession plan to buy the business and move you on. You know, 65 at the time, and, and I thought that was just reasonable because he talked about it but never really had a plan in place. And uh, he said, no, nah, I'm not going anywhere. You'll carry me out of here in a box. I went, hmm, okay, that seems like you know, he's going to be around for a fair while. At the same time, Mark Zare asked me to go full-time staff in a quarry church, and I agreed. Now, that was great. You know, so I, I left the business, didn't take any resource out of the business at all, just set up so we could continue to run. Business went well for a little while. And, um, and then basically one day, uh, one of our senior staff members came and asked Dad and Mum if they were interested in selling the business to her. She'd just come into a large inheritance and she wanted to buy the business. She'd been working for them for 25 years. She was really a, a family friend. And uh, I said, oh, look, you know what? We now are ready to step away from the business. And... Uh, so they gave her all the books. She went away on long service break for two or three months and uh, came back in after that time, handed in a resignation and the next week started a, a business in competition with my mum and dad's business, took half our staff, uh, 
contacted the, the people that we imported a brand from Italy. It was our major product line contact them. There was a technical issue in our contract and they cancelled our contract and she got the contract there. She had millions of dollars available to throw into this product and, uh, and, and she told them that we were going broke. I wasn't in the business at the time but told them the business was going broke. Contact all the suppliers, contact all our um, customers, over 2,000 of them, and said we were going broke and, and half our sales disappeared overnight. Um, now, my dad's a battler. If you don't know anything about him, he's a battler. And he adjusted really well. But when half your sales disappear overnight, it makes it very difficult to continue, particularly when you've got all that infrastructure based on sales. Um, you know, to give you an indication, just, just so you know the sort of adjustment we're talking about, our, our annual sales were around about $4 million when I was there. They went down to less than a $1 million. So it was a significant decrease in that time. Um, until about six months later, um, the liquidators walked in and locked the doors and uh, started selling up mum and dad's assets. And uh, my parents at the, in their late 60s walked away from a, that business with nothing. No house, no money, no super, nothing except a second-hand old Honda Accord that uh, had done a lot of kilometres. And uh, now at this stage, I'm a pastor in a church and I was supposed to be full of grace and love and mercy and forgiveness and all those things. And I tell you, I was so dirty. I was so dirty. You know, and, and I just couldn't believe this woman had just, I don't know, first of all, that she was actually a friend of the family, included in family things we used to do, and that she could do that. And, and she thought it was okay to do that. Um, I, I just found it really difficult to forgive this woman. My mum and dad did really quickly, which I, I just couldn't get my head around at all. It was a pastor, but I had this absolute offence on behalf of my parents. My parents had lost everything because of this woman. What is the go there? And this one Sunday in church, my senior pastor preached out of a passage. And it smacked me in the mouth. Because as I listened to him preach out of this passage, it was Matthew 6, verses 14 to 15, and this is what it said. Jesus said, For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Watch this, next verse, verse 15. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Whoa, whoa. If you don't forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. And as I read this verse, I had a sense of panic. <laughs> it's like... There's nothing in me that wants me to forgive this woman, you know, uh, for what she did. It's unforgivable in my mind. And yet, this is what the Bible's telling me. This is what Jesus is saying. You can forgive someone who does something that seems absolutely unforgivable. And today we're starting a new series, Love Like Jesus. Love Like Jesus. And it has a potential to really stir something in our hearts. And uh, we're going to look at what Jesus did and said on this earth in this series. We're not just going to see, we're not just called to receive the love of Jesus. We're actually called to show the love of Jesus every day of our lives. And, and it's our this central theme for God's love for us that God forgives sinners, and we, as the forgiven, need to forgive other people in our lives who sin against us. And it's an easy thing to say, 
but a very difficult thing to do sometimes. I'm going to look at Luke 23 now. That's where we'll start. And, and it shows Jesus' most amazing display of forgiveness. It, you can't imagine what this would take while Jesus is hanging on the cross, on the cross, and, and get the context in mind. He's hanging on a cross completely innocent, never sinned, never did anything wrong, hanging between two criminals on crosses beside him. And Luke tells us this in, in Luke 23, 32. It says this, Two other men, both criminals, were also led out with Jesus to be executed. When they came to the place called the skull, they crucified him there along with the criminals, one on the right and one on the left. Now, we, we read this and I don't think we understand very much of the context of what's going on here. You see, we see those scenes on television, they look like they're all just hanging up there, nice and relaxed and not know what's going on, you know. But just, just, just give me a little bit here. They drive wood or nail stakes through their hands and through their feet. They hang them on this cross, on this, on this tree. And the only way you can get a breath is actually lift yourself up on the stakes that are in your feet and on your, your hands to get a breath and then slump again. Take all the weight on your hands and feet. I don't think we get that. You know, on the, on the, the scenes we see, they're right up high in the air. I don't think it's that way at all. I think they're actually quite low to, to the ground. So people, as they come across, they can spit on them and, and cuss them and, and abuse them and, 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 and give them a hard time because this way of being killed, execution, is a very expensive way to kill people. It's not, so they only do it as an example. They set the example to other people. And, and basically this, in fact, the word excruciating comes from the cross and the crucifixion. It actually comes from that excruciating pain that's actually where the root word of that comes from. You know, I, I think we sometimes dismiss what this is about. And while these people are spitting on Jesus and mocking him, and one criminal says, you saved others, why don't you save yourself? Hail, King of the Jews. They're spitting on him. At that moment, when people are their most, the worst, you know, the, the most horrible, mocking the creator of the universe in, in, their fle in the flesh, Jesus prays the most amazing prayer. He looks up to the Father in pain. You can just only imagine the pain he was in. As they're mocking him and spitting on him, <laughs> he says, Father, forgive them. For they don't know what they're doing. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Dad, Daddy, God, Father, forgive them. Forgive him. Jesus was asking forgiveness for those who are sinning against him personally. Forgiving something that seemed totally and completely unforgivable. And let's be real, okay? In life, if we live long enough, we're going to get hurt by somebody. Sometime, somewhere, some instance. In fact, probably this morning, many of you are carrying significant wounds. There's things in you that you're carrying with you. Someone took advantage of you. Someone abused you. Someone lied to you. Someone cheated you. Someone hurt you. Someone took advantage of someone in your family. Someone did something that hurt your family. Someone who's maybe a Christian didn't act very Christ-like. Some church that you're a part of did something that devastated you, whether you even knew it or not. Someone gossiped about you. Someone said something that was not true. Maybe you had a boss that didn't appreciate you and you lost your job. 
and seem unjustified and unfair. What's crazy for some of you even here this morning, you're hurt by somebody and you're still carrying that hurt and they're not even still alive anymore. They're no longer on this earth. And you're carrying the weight of bitterness against someone who's not even here. For some of you, it's even someone close to you, your mum or your dad, and they did something not appropriate or, or didn't support you or they weren't around. They abandoned you. For some of you, it's something that's really, really big. For others, it might be just a small thing, that person that's in your world that just grates like the chalkboard every time you're around them. You know, it just gets on your nerves. And, and, and whatever you do or say is never good enough. And it just make you crazy, you know. And your mother-in-law, oh, did I say that? <laughs> I'm only joking. My mother-in-law is an amazing woman. Two today. Oh, look out. I'm in trouble. If I get three, I think I'm uh, out. But um, my mother-in-law is, is really amazing, actually. But there's people in your life, I'm sure, that nothing is ever good enough, no matter what you say, what you do. Something maybe happened in your life that you're angry with God even, you know? Why, God, would you allow that? Why would you allow that? Well, you know, someone's just got to let go of that stuff. Some of you, you won't forgive yourself. And this is a biggie. You did something or didn't do something. You believe something or don't believe something. You, you can't undo that thing. You can't undo what's done. You're carrying unforgiveness even towards yourself. And you may even know as a Christian that God has forgiven you, but you actually haven't forgiven yourself. And this morning, we are, as Christians, we are forgiven people and we need to forgive others. That's, that's who we are. You know, it's a big question. How do we learn to, learn to love like Jesus? How do we learn to forgive like Jesus forgave? And it's the heart of the gospel, the true love, acceptance, forgiveness thing. It really is the heart of the gospel. See, Jesus came to forgive sinners as we are forgiven. He calls us to forgive one another. In fact, it even says that for the people who are sceptical about church, you know, it's our love for one another that will show us to be disciples and followers of Jesus, how we relate to each other. And forgiveness has got to be a huge part of that love. It just has to be. It has to be. And so just this morning, I've just got two thoughts, two simple thoughts. Not easy to do, but simple to say. And, and how do we learn to forgive like Jesus? The first thought is, and Jesus actually teaches us this. He says, pray for those who hurt you. The first point here, pray for those who hurt you. You see, that's what Jesus was doing on the cross. That's what Jesus taught us and, and those around him, his disciples. That's what he was telling us. That's what he's showing us. That's why it's in the Bible. You know, and Luke um, 6, verse 28, Jesus said, bless those who curse you, bless those that curse you, and then do what? What do you do? Pray, pray, pray for those who hurt you. Pray for them. Bless those who curse you and do what? Pray for those that hurt you. And it's a, it sounds simple. Yeah, I'll pray for them, all right. I'll pray for them. I'll pray they get hemorrhoids. I'll pray they, you know, they have a, you know, like, I'll pray for them, all right. No, no, not that sort of prayer. Not that sort of pray. You see, and for me, it was that sort of prayer that I started with that, the lady that, that wronged my mum and dad. 
you know, I'll pray for him, all right, I'll, I'll pray for revenge, I'll pray for, I'll, God, you judge her, you know, and, and, uh, and, and see, Jesus says, pray for them. See, what, what Jesus is saying here is quite shocking, really. It, it, it's just so countercultural, so uh, unusual if you think about it. And we're going to look at Matthew 5 in a second. See, no one had ever said anything to the people, disciples at that point in time like this ever before. That's not the Jewish way. The Jewish way was revenge, you know, an eye for an eye, a tooth for the tooth. And Jesus is saying, no, no, this is the exact opposite of what you've been taught in the past. And, and can I say to you this morning, if you've been a Christian for a while, don't allow the, how familiar this verse is, this passage is, to dull you in what God's trying to say here to us, to what Jesus is trying to say, because this is significant in our Christianity. This is how we love one another. This is how we, this is how we outwork our love for one another. Forgiveness is such a huge part of that. See, in Matthew 5, 43, uh, yeah, 43, he said, you've heard it said, in other words, he's saying, you've been taught this before. This is, this is what the world tells you. This is what the Jewish system even tells you. Love your neighbour and do what to your enemy? Hate your enemy. That's easy. Well, I can do that. You've been taught your entire life, love those who love you and hate those who are unkind to you. But I tell you, this is Jesus, and this is really shocking, I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. It's counterintuitive. It's not the way we respond in our flesh. It's not the way our natural man wants to respond. We want revenge. I'm going to show them I'm going to be right no matter what happens. And Jesus says, no, 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 no. Love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. You know, imagine being in that context when Jesus said that the first time. They, like, what? what? What did he just say? He couldn't say that. Because the Romans actually worshipped a God of revenge. And the Jewish system clearly in the Old Testament clearly says about eye for an eye, tooth for tooth, blood for blood, break a bone, you break their bones. You know, in fact, break a few more bones if you like. And, and, and it's the way they worked. And Jesus said, pray for those who persecute you and love your enemies. Love your enemies. Can I say to you, if you've been around church for a while, you've heard this preach before. Yeah, 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 yeah. Easy. I, I love my enemies. Yeah, sure. No worries. Any time it's hard to love our enemies when we, is we've actually got an enemy. It's easy to love our enemies when we haven't got any, when there's nothing going on. Yeah, okay. It's only when <laughs> something's going on and all of a sudden, what? You want me to love that person? You are joking. You don't know that person. You don't know what that person said. You don't know what that person did. It's easy to do until we've actually got an enemy. And all of a sudden, I don't want to love my enemies anymore. <laughs> and this is what I hope you're going to see. If you've been devastated by someone, let down by someone, lied about by somebody, gossiped about, betrayed even, you know, um, whatever that is, we actually are told and need to pray for them. We actually need to do that. We need to pray for them. And it's a hard thing to do sometimes. What do you think Jesus teaches is this? There's lots of reasons, but I can tell you the one thing that I've picked up on this is 
love and forgiveness has to start somewhere. And as we pray, we start to change our mindset. We change the way we think. And we get this transformed by the renewing of our minds. We actually start to think differently. And then it'll bring right thinking brings right actions. The right thinking brings right actions. The right attitude leads to the right actions. And, and slowly as we, as we pray, our attitude changes slowly, slowly, slowly until we soften to that person. We, it brings a, a new dimension and, and we renew our mind till we get the right attitude. And, and you know, quite honestly, we need God's help in this. You, you know, it's very difficult to do it by yourself. And that's what I started to do for this woman. I started to pray for this woman. Not great prayers at the start, but started to pray for her. Because I knew as a pastor, even as a young assistant pastor, I knew it was eating me up on the inside. Because it wasn't just the fact she took everything my parents had worked for for the last 35 years. It was the fact that I felt guilt as well, that I'd left the business and left them exposed to what happened. And, and God, how could you do that? He, I know you following your lead in this I'm trying to do you God's work here and look you're not backing me up here God you know and and, uh, and it's just it was just such a awkward position so the only thing I knew I could do I started to pray for her particularly after hearing that verse God do something in her life just do something in her life and, and that's as simple as my prayers were to start with if I'm really honest do whatever you want God you just do it and, and then it became do something significant in her life God and then it became, God, do something significant and bless her, God. I got to the point where I actually wanted to bless her in that time. And I'm not saying it's easy, but we have to, church. If we are Christians, if we say we are Christians, if we're followers of Jesus, if we're disciples of Jesus, we have to be giving that love and forgiveness to everybody, to our enemies, to the ones that are good and bad and in between. It's what we're designed to do. And you need to understand what you need to do in this process. It's pray for your enemies. Pray for them. Pray for them. Pray for them. And when we start to pray for someone, even those people we hate, when you start praying for your enemies, your prayer may not change them. It may not change your circumstance or your situation. But it will always change you. It'll always change you in the process of prayer. And that's why it's so important we do it. How do we love like Jesus? How do we love like Jesus? You just don't love those people that love us and hate those that hate us. No, we love their, our enemies and we pray for them. So that's the first way. The second way is this. We are to forgive as we are forgiven. We are to forgive others as we are forgiven. Forgiven. We forgive in the same manner that God has forgiven us because he has forgiven us much. Well, I can't speak for you, but I can speak for me. I know he's forgiven me much. You know, Colossians 3.13, Paul says this, Forgive one another. What do you say here? Forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. So what are we supposed to do? How are we supposed to forgive? Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. How do we forgive? How you've been forgiven. Exactly the same model. It's been modeled for us. And, 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 you know, as I said, I don't know what's happened in your life. I don't know what someone's done to you. I don't know what's happened. I don't know what weight you're carrying, what bitterness you're carrying, what 
whatever that is, what lies have been told, what betrayals have been there, I don't know what that is. But I do know God says we're meant to forgive others as we have been forgiven. That's what we're meant to do. Maybe even for you this morning, it may even be in a marriage. Maybe there's been betrayal. Maybe something's happened. And, and look, I don't know anything specific, but just sensing that maybe you've even got grounds for divorce in your marriage. But the truth is, sometimes forgiveness, we have to grow more to forgive than to actually take the, 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 the road of divorce. You know, maybe God is speaking to you here this morning, you know. Not only have grounds for divorce, you have grounds for forgiveness. And uh, I don't know who that might be. might be no one. But I just know sometimes we can get caught up in this revenge thing and this getting even thing and I'm going to make sure I get my own, uh, own. And It's our flesh nature. It's our flesh man. It's our carnal man. We don't want to do what it takes to forgive people. But under the power of the Holy Spirit in us, we can learn to forgive like we have been forgiven. You see, you need to ask the Holy Spirit into that situation. You need him to breathe on it, to, to give it a way forward. How do we forgive the unforgivable? How do we do that? We forgive as we've been forgiven. And at some point, we need to make a choice. We need to make a choice. And it will be a choice. I want to forgive. I'm not quite there yet. I'm going to choose to do what God's word says and choose to forgive as he tells me to give. Or the other option is, I don't want to do that. I want to live a life of bitterness. Now, let's just follow this track down a little bit, the, the, a bitterness side. Now, I just want to be a bitter person. I want to wake up in the middle of the night angry and I just want to think about, every time I think about this person, I just want to get chewed up on the inside and, and I'm going to be the best bitter person there ever it was on this earth. And what fruit will that bring? Nothing, except you probably die a young death based on just being shriveled on the inside. There won't be fruit from that. <laughs> you know, because I, 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 I felt like that. I, I, just, I just couldn't forgive this person. And, and I think it was Joyce Meyer that said this, bitterness and unforgiveness is like drinking poison and hoping the other person dies. <laughs> You're drinking the poison and hoping the other person dies. See, often they don't even know about all the straining and striving and bitterness and unforgiveness you're going through. That's not affecting them at all. Even if when you pray those prayers that curse them and, you know, they don't know about it. There's just a point when you start praying and do what God tells you to do, when you actually forgive like we've been forgiven, it's like when you put the frozen CD on one day, let it go, let it go. I don't even know that song that well. But you just got to let it go sometimes. Sometimes you just got to get the point, you go, okay, enough is enough. This is screwing me up on the inside. This is shriveling me on the inside. This is making me smaller than God wants me to be. And the better, the bigger position is to go, God, I'm going to pray for my enemies and I'm going to forgive as I've been forgiven. I'm going to forgive as I've been forgiven. 
So let me tell you just to wrap up my testimony part. This is what, this is what happened. After praying and praying and praying and, and getting to the point of even, you know, wanting blessing for this woman, I was helping my mum and dad at a, a, a local trade show. My brother had started a business and we got them to work in a small distribution business where they could actually work and start, get some funds together. And uh, this woman was there and I'd already realised my mum and dad had forgiven her and I was trying to forgive her and uh, um, been praying that way. And so I went and spoke to her and basically just said, look, I dislike what you've done to my mum and dad, but none of us are perfect and because the grace of Jesus He's forgiven us and because of what he teaches, I choose to forgive you. Something like that, words like that. Probably weren't the same words as that. There's no salvation prayer, but I knew she got affected in that, that minute because she, she expected me to... I'd been her boss for a fair few years and uh, I'd been pretty straight with her over some of those years. But something God did something in my heart and I was able to respond in love and forgiveness. And the only reason it was because I could pray, pray for her, and I realised that I've been forgiven much and it doesn't, there's no rating system in God's sin. It's like, no, no, I've been forgiven much, I need to forgive much. And uh, probably a year or so later, my mum and dad shared some horrible news. This lady had actually taken her own life and uh, the business she started wasn't going well. She'd used up all of her inheritance and uh, she decided that a shotgun was the way out, which is horrible. You know, but um, as hard as that was, I want to say to you this morning, the day I let go was the day God set a prisoner free. And the prisoner was me. The prisoner was me. I was set free from that unforgiveness, from that bitterness, from that, that thing. I was carrying that offence on behalf of my mum and dad, you know. And, uh, and, and for many of you here this morning, there might have been, Stuff much worse than that, much worse. I, I know there's lots of horrible stories. There may have been stuff that's much less, much less. You know, that uh, it's just that aggravating thing that uh, you just can't get away from. And uh, the world's going to teach us to love those who love us and hate those who hate us. But Jesus said, no, we do different things differently. We do it a different way. We pray for those who persecute us. We pray for our enemies. We love our enemies. We forgive as we have been forgiven because that's how Jesus' followers do it. That's what we're meant to do. And that's the way the world looks on and goes, wow, look at this. They actually do love each other and we're known as disciples and followers of Christ. And it's attractive to the world because it's not the way the world works. It definitely isn't. And that's... When we've been forgiven, that's how good our God is. He forgives us freely. And we need to also get that same place sometime in our lives that we forgive freely. Can we pray this morning as to finish off? Father, today um, I pray that there could be any number of people here that are processing through some deep stuff here, you know, and, and, uh, and going through that deep healing that, that's really necessary, I guess. And, and God, I pray your presence will do the work that only you can do here this morning, God. I seek you and ask you for your help, God, to forgive others as we've been forgiven. You know, as we take a moment and pray, let, let me ask you very directly, 
very directly. Those of you that are maybe carrying a hurt right now, a wound, something, someone did something to you, someone did something to you that, 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 to someone that you care about and you've taken offence on their behalf. Maybe it's a big thing or maybe it's just a small thing, a nagging issue and it just won't go away. And you need to start seeking God and ask Him to forgive and let go. And across this, this church this morning, with all eyes closed and, and heads bowed, if that's you, I want you to be really honest. No one's looking around. Close your eyes. If, just want you to be really, really, really honest here this morning. If that's you, I just want you to put up your hand and go, yes, that's me, Greg. That's me. Just put up your hand wherever you are. Look, there's hands across this whole auditorium. God, I thank you so much for these people's honesty. God, I thank you that on this day, your Holy Spirit will start to speak directly to some people here. God, that you can do what only you can do here this morning. God, that you give us the ability that's not humanly possible, only supernaturally possible, to forgive those things that seem unforgivable, God. In the same way, God, as you've forgiven us, help us forgive others. God, I know there's, there's many stories that are probably much, much, much darker than, than my story. But God, I pray you intercede and show us a way forward. Lord, you teach us to love as, as you love us, God. You teach us to forgive as, as you forgive us, God. And it all starts with a prayer, Lord. It all starts with a prayer, a prayer to you, God. Do something in their life. Bless them, God. Starts with a prayer and it changes who we are in the process. Thank you, God, for that opportunity. And Father, I want to just one more prayer just to finish off. His eyes are closed and heads are bowed. Just one more prayer. You know, here this morning, I don't know why you're here necessarily, but I know there's no coincidences in God. And uh, maybe you're carrying some weight and guilt in your life and, uh, and the truth is the good news is you're not here by accident God there's, there's a, a, a time that you can meet with God and he wants to show his love and settle it once and for all here this morning and because of what he did on that cross all those years ago becoming sin for you dying and being raised from the dead when you call him your sins are forgiven when you call on Him, your sins are forgiven. When you call on the name of Jesus Christ, your sins are forgiven. He'll remember them no more. You'll not just become a better version of you. You'll become a new person, a new life. The old will die and the new will come. And here's an opportunity here this morning. I don't know where you are in your life with God, but here's an opportunity to get your life right with God this morning. Start afresh. Start afresh here this morning, all it is is a simple decision, it's a choice again. I'm choosing to or I'm choosing not to. Your choice. All I can say to you is making that choice is the best decision you'll ever make. It's the start of a journey, an eternal journey actually. And if that's you here this morning, all I want you to do is to put up your hand in the air and say, Greg, I want to start this journey or I want to start this journey again maybe for some people. Maybe you've got off the track, you've got lost in the, the process of life. If that's you, just stick up your hand right now. Right now. Awesome. Awesome. Anyone else here this morning? Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you for new life. God, we thank you for 
the resurrection of life, God. Make me new. I believe Jesus died for me and, and, you live, and I live today because of you, God. Fill me with your spirit. I pray that here this morning too. Holy Spirit, do your work. Fill us afresh. Fill us afresh. Fill us afresh. In the name of Jesus, we ask for your refreshing spirit here this morning. Holy Spirit, move. Break down those barriers. Break down those walls. Break down those things that are holding us back from you, God. You see, God puts eternity in the hearts of men. We know there's more than we can't. Thanks for listening to the message today brought to you by Baylight Church. We hope the message leaves you feeling challenged and inspired to live out your Christian walk. Please tune in again for next week's